The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Headline, New York Post. Science says liberals, not conservatives, are psychotic. Yep. Not that that's new information to us. We've always known this. But now it's science. Science proves it, I guess. I'm Adrian Slate. Thanks for tuning in. Turns out, this is from the article, liberals are the real authoritarians. You don't say. Eureka! Thanks for joining us, New York Post. A political science journal that published the oft-cited study claiming conservatives were more likely to show traits associated with psychoticism now says it got it wrong. Very wrong. The American Journal of Political Science published a correction this year saying that the 2012 paper has an error and that the liberal political beliefs, not conservative ones, are actually linked to psychoticism. (laughs) Quote, the interpretation of the coding of the political attitude items in the descriptive and preliminary analysis portion of the manuscript was exactly reversed, says journal, uh, said the journal stated in their correction. The deceptive analysis report that those higher in Einzig's psychoticism are more conservative, but they are actually more liberal. And where the original manuscript reports those higher in neuroticism and social desirability are more liberal, they are, in fact, more conservative. In the paper, psychoticism is associated with traits such as tough-mindedness, risk-taking, sensation-seeking, impulsivity, and authoritarianism. The social desirability scale measures people's tendency to answer questions in ways they would believe pleases researchers, even if it means overestimating their positive characteristics and their underestimating the negative ones. The erroneous report has been cited 45 times, according to uh, Thomson Reuters' Web of Science. Brad Verlst, a Virginia Commonwealth University researcher and co-author of the paper, said he was not sure who it was to blame. That's probably the publication that put it out in the first place. They probably did that on purpose. That's all right. Here's his quote. I don't know where it happened. All I know is that it did happen, he told uh, Retraction Watch, a blog that corrects academic papers. It's our fault for figuring out. It's our fault because we didn't figure it out before. The journal said the error wasn't uh, doesn't change the main conclusion of the paper, which found that personality traits do not cause people to develop political attitudes. But Professor Stephen Lutke of the University of South Denmark, who pointed out the errors, told Retraction Watch that they matter quite a lot. The erroneous uh, results represent some of the larger correlations between personality and politics ever reported. They were reported and interpreted repeatedly in the wrong direction, he said. Amazing. Yeah, That's not the Onion. That's not the Babylon Bee. That's the New York Post. The so-called firefighters, the arbiters of the First Amendment and free speech, rushing in, finally bringing some truth, but at the cost of a correction. Not to their article, but to the original document that proved the research in the beginning. But I mean, 
Is there any? I mean, think about the worldviews. The conservatives look at the worldview as the leaders that are in the world. Those leaders are basically the ones who we've placed in positions of management of certain areas. But the real leadership is to our creator who provides us our natural rights. So we're tending to please that guy by not killing, not doing depravity, you know, all the things that are laid out. The left, they want the freedom to do whatever the heck they want. And that's good from a governmental standpoint, but that's not good from a self-regulation standpoint. I mean, if you have no moral compass, you'll do whatever the heck you want. You will sit there and cheer for these drag kids that are 10 years old, walking a runway, looking like drag queens. You will praise that as being brave because you have no moral compass. You have no background that, or no, no backbone in morality that shows, hey, um, yeah, we probably shouldn't uh, confuse and sexualize our kids at that age, regardless of if they're making a political point that you know, goes along with what you agree with. You know, we shouldn't be using them that way. We were told we couldn't do that with David Hogg. Oh, yeah, you can't, you can't criticize a kid. And then this kid gets up there in Raleigh and gives this speech against abortion and everybody's criticizing the death out of him. Because the moral backbone isn't there. And it gets worse because if you want an example of liberalism and progressivism leading to crazed activity and authoritarian behavior and insanity, check this out. Woman stabs herself, informs police, I'm tired of living in Trump's country. A Palmetto, Florida woman stabbed herself three times then told the police officer responding to the situation, I'm tired of living in Trump's country. I'm tired of Trump being president. You know, we didn't do this for eight freaking long, agonizing years of Obama. The police report obtained by the smoking gun in which the woman's name was redacted stated, on June 2nd, 2019, I responded to Palmetto, Florida residents having stabbed herself with a kitchen knife. Upon arrival, I observed this lady standing outside of her home. I observed blood all over her legs and face. I did not observe her, her holding the weapon at this time. When I asked what was wrong, she lifted up her shirt and exposed her belly to me. I observed three stab wounds in her stomach that were still bleeding. I'm tired of living in Trump's country. I'm tired of Trump being president. That's going to get you to stab yourself? What in the world? And you know, it takes me back to a product that we featured here on the Adrian Slade Show right after the inauguration you know, when there was talk of California succeeding and collects it, there was a pill that came out on the market and it was a cure for Trump derangement syndrome, also known as Trump acceptance resistance disorder, TARDS, and it's called Calexita. Over the last eight years, life was simple. I could use whichever bathroom I wanted. I could marry whomever and whatever. I could even frolic through the streets of San Francisco in my birthday suit. But then, November 8th happened. I felt defeated. Like the weight of flyover country was crashing down all around me. That's when I turned to Calexida. Do you suffer from random spontaneous outbursts, fits of rage, uncontrollable emotions, chronic crying, and chronic dry eye, restless leg kicking and screaming syndrome, and increased paranoia, you may be suffering from this debilitating disease known as TARD, Trump Acceptance Resistance Disorder, Calexita may help, 
Calexita isn't for everybody, including the 1%. Side effects may include the yearning for security blankets, therapy poodles, and safety pins. Yes, safety pins, along with thoughts of fleeing the homeland, and thoughts of assisted suicide. If you have an election lasting more than 36 hours please consult a constitution. If you or your loved ones are infected with this debilitating disease, please be sure to consult a pharmacist and a sommelier. Calexica consist of 100 milligrams of oxycotton, 500 milligrams of Xanax, and 750 milliliters of Russian River Shiraz. The Affordable Care Act may cover up to one sixteenth of a prescription of Calexita, and Rao may require an adjustable rate mortgage to meet your remaining deductible. Take back your world. Take back your lifestyle. Take Calexita. I can now impose my lifestyle on the world again. I'm not going to let representative republicanism stop me. Calexita. Yeah, if you have an election lasting more than uh, a couple days, consult your wine sommelier and take down some Oxycontin and Calexita, and maybe you will be back on your feet, maybe in a coma, but maybe you'll be able to deal with the fact that Trump is your president, whether we all like it or not. Maybe you'll be able to deal with the fact that there's actual Trump, uh, there's actual conservative policies being implemented. I don't know. Combat flip-flops, bad for running, worse for fighting. Combat flip-flops is a veteran-owned company that funds education and demoning. Everything combat flip-flops manufactures is made in an area of conflict or post-conflict, like Afghanistan, Colombia, Laos. And you can check out more about combat flip-flops by checking out the TED Talk by Combat Flip-Flops CEO Matt Griffin on YouTube. You can also use the promo code SLADE25 and you will get 25% off of your first purchase. Go to CombatFlipFlops.com. That's CombatFlipFlops.com. All right, so we can get into the specifics of the craze leftist, especially with what happened with YouTube. Yep, YouTube censorship again. And it's really interesting because I've gotten into this discussion with quite a few people. One individual was, you know, they were using the same uh, same argument that is always used about, well, it's, you know, it's a private business. And though I do agree with that portion of it, and you can go somewhere else, yeah, I get that too. The problem is there are some things that people don't realize about YouTube. Is that, first off, they are a platform. They're basically a blank sheet of paper that any of us can write our views on. If they start editing that, then they become a publisher. Then they're, open them, they're opening themselves up to liable and slander litigation that they were protected from because if somebody posted something that was slanderous, well, YouTube could say, well, we just carry it. It's not our, it's not our deal to regulate it. But it is now. And such is the case with Vox and Steven Crowder. Basically, YouTube had a story out that sounded really great on the outside. YouTube has taken measures to remove neo-Nazi and white supremacist videos from its platform. Wow, that sounds great. Yeah. We, you know, I mean, if you're going to cross the line into racism or something of that nature, yeah, maybe you should be pulled off. I don't know. I mean, granted, I think that's still a step too far. I think once you start trying to call for the killing of people and things of that nature, well, then, yeah, you can be plucked from the site because you are now stepping into illegal activity. But 
If you want to get out there and make yourself look like a tool, we don't have to listen to you. But they're worried about radicalization, which is really interesting when you get into that phenomena because the timing, the narrative building, all of that, there's, there's more to it than just banning some YouTube videos. But basically, a, a reporter for Vox was really mad about conservative comedian and commentator Steven Crowder. Because Steven Crowder was, you know, jib-jabbing him. He was, you know, poking him a little bit. Calling him a, you know, a lispy queer or lispy gay or something like that. Because, you know, he's a homosexual journalist for Vox. Carlos Maza, I think his name is. And that really, that really hurt him. That really got him in the feels. He was really in a bunch because he seems like a really self-conscious person. Can't take any sort of criticism or any sort of, you know any sort of prodding and poking in a fun way. So he approached YouTube and basically said, hey, you got to get these guys off of here. YouTube went around and demonetized Steven Crowder. Luckily, Crowder, in the beginning, you know, the thing you got to realize about Steven Crowder, because I've always thought, I said, that's a really horrible business model to accept the majority of your funding from a company that can turn the spigot off at any time. But when he explained it, it made more sense. He went on there, not getting any money whatsoever, but gaining a ton of popularity over time. It was YouTube that approached him and said, hey, we see you have a ton of people. Would you like to make money off of it? We have a new program you can be a part of. And he was like, sure, why not? Sounds like a plan. It helped their business grow. And then YouTube decides they want to flip the script on him and demonetize him because the stuff he speaks out he, he's gained influence or popularity to the point where he's speaking at colleges and doing these things. And so now he's a threat. You know, if he was under the radar, marginally popular, and no one really cared about his work, well, yeah, then they'll leave him alone. That's what they do on social media. Once you start making waves and you start connecting with people, then you have to be banished because you might be a threat and you might be providing some sort of reasoned argument for conservatism. But that's the issue is they decided to demonetize Crowder and luckily Crowder in, in his foresight knew, I mean, he had been in a situation of demonetization, you know, in the past. So he set himself up with the mug club and some of these other things to sustain his business and not be dependent upon YouTube. Others out there are still dependent on YouTube and they're not, they're being demonetized and they shouldn't have been. And they were caught in the, crosshairs of this whole argument but Crowder you know was demonetized he went out there and made it public he said you know we didn't violate any terms of service we didn't do anything wrong we didn't step over any lines but we are now being included in this purge of neo-nazi and white supremacist videos and stuff it's it's unbelievable well the vox are uh, the vox journalist he's not only is he homosexual he's also which I could care less either way, but there is there is some running themes we're going to get into in a little bit that that actually you can't ignore the fact that they're proclaiming themselves as homosexual because they also fall into some other categories, such as he's a self-proclaimed Marxist. He's also an atheist. He's also um, he's an activist. And Vox is owned by NBC Universal. So that's a little concerning, too. So they basically demonetize him and they want to build the narrative because they're trying to take 
the neo-Nazi white supremacist angle and connect it to different thinkers because other people were demonetized or, or affected by this. You know, Ford Fisher, this guy hosts videos of him at different events, you know, protests and things like that, Charlottesville, uh, Portland. But he doesn't get into politics. He keeps it pretty wide open. He provides minimal commentary, and then you can decide. But then he was demonetized. MIT, historical videos of Hitler were also ensnared in this and removed. So now everything is thrown into the mix on this. Thank you, Vox. These are the same guys that are taking their Vox union and walking out and protesting their company until they get better wages, more health care paid. They're communist. I mean, I don't care. You have the right to form a union. That's fine. I'm all for that. Collective you know, bargaining, if you can build that power and it not be punitive against your employment, go right ahead. But what I'm looking at is it's the same platforms that they want the government to subsidize that they're pushing on Vox and they're going to step out and walk out and not write anything about it. Oddly enough, they posted a D-Day article that was the most dead-on thing that Vox ever posted. And it was funny because everybody was like, wow, the Vox walk out and protest left the one lone journalist in the building and he wrote the best article Vox ever put out. I mean, it's, you can't even make it up. You can't make this stuff up, but that's the thing. They they're building the narrative of alt right is defined as conservative thought. They're also trying to say that conservative thought and alt in this alt right stretch is the bridge to, neo-Nazism, which is completely insane. And they also want to frame it as domestic terrorism. This way, they can eliminate you from whatever you want to operate on. And so how are they doing this? Well, they've got multiple articles out. They've got one article in particular is about... It's about the radicalization of YouTube. Yeah, YouTube is out there radicalizing people. You're going on to watch, you know, a video about, uh, I don't know, puppies and, and, and cats that are afraid of cucumbers. And next thing you know, you are watching David Duke at a Klan rally. I don't know where they're going with this. I mean, they have this article and they talk to this gentleman, Caleb Kane, and they talk about how he was radicalized by YouTube. He pulled a Glock pistol from his waistband. This is from the New York Times took out the magazine and casually tossed it onto the kitchen counter. I bought this the day after I got death threats. Threats, Mr. Kane explained, came from right-wing trolls in response to a video he had posted on YouTube a few days earlier. In the video, he told the story of how, as a liberal college dropout struggling to find his place in the world, he had gotten sucked into a vortex of far-right politics on YouTube. I fell down the rabbit hole, said Mr. Kane, 26. He recently swore off alt-right nearly five years after discovering it, and has now become a vocal critic of the movement. Imagine that. We have no background on this Kane guy, except for what the New York Times tells us. He is scarred by his experience of being radicalized by what he calls a decentralized cult of far-right YouTube personalities, which in the photos, they put Dave Rubin from the Rubin Report. They put Jordan Peterson. I... I, they put gamers up there, which the gamer aspect is really interesting, too, because we talked about Gamergate in the past, 
and how they got ignited into the Trump primary season in, in the elections. And it can't be understated that that's an area that the left hasn't infected and destroyed yet. Video games they are trying to. They're doing everything they can. But what they're worried about is the influence that they can have on the people that watch them. Everything is about taking what is influential organically because of personal interest and manipulating it in a way that it can be a political weapon to support progressivism and communism. It's just the way it always is. And we're going to get into some details of that in a minute. So we're reading from this article from the New York Times where they're trying to say that watching YouTube videos is radicalizing people, which is ridiculous. And they talked to this guy, Mr. Kane. He was in uh, liberal, uh, he was a liberal in college, and then he got turned by alt-right videos, and now he's a big critic of it. You know, he said, I just kept falling deeper and deeper into this, and it appealed to me because it made me feel a sense of belonging. I was brainwashed. Over the years of reporting on internet culture, I've heard countless versions of Mr. Kane's story, an aimless young man, usually white, frequently interested in video games. We talked about the gamer aspect in just a minute. Um, visits YouTube looking for direction or distraction and is seduced by its community of far-right creators. Some young men discover far-right videos by accident. Others seek them out. Some travel all the way to neo-Nazism, while others stop at a mild form of bigotry. The common thread in many of these stories is YouTube and its recommendation algorithm, which the software that is impo- uh, implemented that determines which videos appear on the user's pages inside the up next sidebar next to the video that's playing. The algorithm is responsible for more than 70% of all the time that is spent on the site. The radicalization of young men is driven by a complex stew of emotional and economic and political elements. Many have nothing to do with social media, but critics and independent researchers say YouTube has inadvertently created dangerous on-ramps to extremism by combining two things, a business model that rewards provocative videos with exposure and advertising dollars and an algorithm that guides users down personalized paths meant to keep them glued to the screens. So this is all coming from Vox. Another article posted by the New York Times, InfoWars agrees to part ways with Pepe the Frog. Pepe the Frog began life as a stoned amphibian with a blissful attitude. But as so often happens, prolonged exposure to the internet led him down a dark path. Now, if you don't know, we've covered Pepe the Frog in the past. That was the little cartoon frog symbol that a lot of the alt-right used to use, and it was basically their mascot. You'd see it on 8chan and 4chan and any, any of the gamers that were involved with Gamergate. These people... They're, what they're doing in the New York Times, they're trying to make them a threat and they're trying to amplify it and make it as though this is some sort of decentralized cult that is should be labeled domestic terrorist. And they're doing so by putting these things on the cover of the freaking New York Times all weekend because they've just gone in the news and created a big crap storm by removing Steven Crowder and some of these other individuals from YouTube And now they want to solidify the gaslighting by making it on the front page of all the newspapers as though it's this horrible, toxic trend when it's not. It's just a collection of people that wanted to speak their voice and videotape themselves and gain an audience. That's all it is. You just don't like their views. 
This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. I go back to that paragraph I just read where it states, Over the years of reporting on Internet culture, I've heard countless versions of Mr. Kane's story. An aimless young man, usually white, frequently interested in video games, visits YouTube looking for direction or distraction, and is seduced by a community of far-right creators. I guess YouTube is the predatory loan of the media. I mean, can you show me on the doll where the YouTube video radicalized you? I mean, my kids are radicalized by YouTube. I got to sit there through an endless binge of this Axel show with this goofy stay-at-home dad who's videoing himself and his kids playing with Matchbox monster trucks or going to stupid museums, you know? Or my older child who is glued to that British kid with the blue hair who streams himself playing Fortnite and has made a couple million off of that. Now, my kids haven't graduated to videos warning of the dangers of chemtrail conspiracies or the Illuminati, or maybe YouTube's evil algorithm will pull them down the rabbit hole eventually. You know, the day that my son comes to me on a, after a YouTube binge on his tablet on a Sunday morning or a Saturday afternoon and runs in screaming, you really think jet fuel melted those beams to bring the towers down? Come on! Building 7 was demolished with explosives! The day that that happens, then I'll be concerned. But you cannot sit there and blame this on YouTube being some sort of radicalization mechanism. They're doing that because they want to pin it as, you know, domestic terrorism. Because what happens in Islamic terrorism? Many of them are radicalized. The problem is they're radicalized off a religious belief that is something that they grew up in their culture with, too. And it has nothing to do with them seeing some videos and them going, oh, there's infidels, let's go kill them. And then acting upon it. Now, YouTube has actually taken it upon themselves to apologize to the LGBTQRSTVXYZ community for what they did with their algorithms. And it's really interesting when you hear them speak. I thought maybe a good place to start is YouTube, and obviously it comes up a lot. What goes through your mind when you watch a video like the recent one? You had this teenager what appeared to be donning Muslim garb, spewing a lot of anti-Muslim, anti-Semitic, homophobic hate. What goes through your mind when you see a video like that and see that it's gotten 350,000 views? You know, uh, I don't know all the details of this specific video, but uh, in general, look, I mean, all of us, uh, you know, none of us want harmful content on our platforms. I think last quarter alone, we removed 9 million videos from the platform. More recently, we have introduced, you know, just like today, we do this in search. We, you know, we rank content based on quality. And so we're bringing that same notion and approach to YouTube so that we can rank higher quality stuff better and really prevent uh, borderline content, content which doesn't exactly violate policies which need to be removed, but which can still cause harm. And so we are working hard. It's a hard computer science problem. It's also a hard societal problem because we need better frameworks around what is hate speech, what's not, and how do we as a company make those decisions at scale and get it right without making mistakes. You've talked about the progress that's made, but I feel like every other week we're talking about something really bad, whether it was, you know, with the uh, Notre Dame fires and 9-11 footage showing up. It feels like there's still a lot of problems. I mean, what sort of grade would you give YouTube for where it's at right now. Look, we aren't quite where we want to be, uh, you know, but I, I, I think it's a genuinely hard problem of 
how do you YouTube as the scale of the entire internet? And I think we are making a lot of progress. But the thing we are trying to do is to bring more authoritative uh, sources and fact checks on videos which may be controversial. It's a case where we got it wrong, but that's what we are trying to do, and we are working hard to improve. So basically, he's being interviewed by a transgender journalist, by the way, which was kind of off-putting. I didn't see that coming. It's kind of like a. It was kind of like a, a twist in the in the. In the Breaking Bad episode, you're like, whoa, where that? Oh, okay. Not that I'm like grossed out or anything, but they were talking and then they clipped over to them and they didn't look like their voice. So it just kind of threw me for a loop. But here's the thing. He says he's going to take measures to remove videos that don't even violate terms of service. They just might be harmful. How do you walk that line? How do you define the speech? That's the problem. The argument I was having with somebody the other day, I said, well, you don't even know what the definition is of what you're violating. So that leaves it pretty open-ended, doesn't it? I mean, we don't know what is considered crossing the line. So if they're going to be taking those liberties, granted, I would go somewhere else. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know, listen to them. I mean... But, but they have special privileges that shield them from libel and slander lawsuits because they're recognized as a neutral platform. And once they start selectively removing people because they disagree with them politically, then they're essentially editing content. The problem that we're running into, though, is this fascistic group of people that are the ones who want to destroy any sort of conservative thought because they automatically believe it as bigotry. You know, those techno-fascists and media hacks you know if you want to beat them if they want to feel your wrath of consumer rejection delete your youtube apps delete your accounts go find alternative venues like BitChute for videos or parlor app which is blowing up for social media you know people like carlos maza believe they're doing the world a favor but they're just a bunch of digital antifa soy boys who's posing as journalists and the daily beast too they just basically called up facebook and doxed a private user over a video you know, I mean, thank you very little. But this is what happens when you capitulate to the crowd outside of Lot's house. And if you don't know the reference, the crowd outside of Lot's house was the crowd that was in Sodom and Gomorrah, who basically when they, they were completely depraved, sexual deviants, they were evil people. And they see these two angels who are in the form of humans come in and Lot brings them into his house, says, get in here, you'll be safe in here. Don't stay on those streets. It's not going to be pretty for you. And they come beating on his door and say, bring these two men out of here. We want to have sex with them. These are men saying this. And they were that depraved. And this is the thing. The crowd outside of Lot's house, they pretend that their sexual preference were like being born, like an ethnicity other than Caucasian. They played on compassion of others who wanted them not to feel isolated because they felt self-conscious. You know, they, they've got that deep down inside. They shoved through all of these things that they wanted. They were able to get administrations to shove through redefining the terms of marriage in the Supreme Court. They wanted, to, they wanted you to endorse their lifestyles and laud them for it. Then they forced the cake baker, who's going through a third lawsuit. Jack Phillips is getting hit again. The guy is just getting inundated. He's a cake baker. Go find another bakery. But they can't. They got to destroy this guy. Bake the freaking cake, bigot. They forced that commissioner, um, Kim, what's her name, to put your daggone signature on the certificate or else. 
It wasn't fine that she said, well, you know, I'll put the department on there and let my uh, other assistants who had the authority to put their signatures on there. No, they had, she had to put her signature on there against her religious beliefs. But they embed themselves in Hollywood. They wrote their lifestyle into every freaking TV show and movie. And now I got to explain to my kids why the Lego character, who was a male, just tongued the other Lego character of the same sex. I mean, they embedded themselves in journalism. They give us Teen Vogue magazines, why it's good for your 12-year-old daughter to take it up the rear. I mean, they're disgusting. And they can't take one bit of criticism. And now they have all these crappy beer can uh, marketing campaigns for pride month which is you know the lgbtq's ramadan apparently it's their ramadan celebration they're praising a pagan month of celebration of decadence i mean if anyone's a fascist in this equation it's these limp d-bags whose skin is is as thick as masking tape i mean how about you leave us alone stop trying to silence everyone who gave you a swirly in school because you're a soft you know what and I know that it's, you're never going to get over that. They always throw the term around hate speech. You're a hater. If you don't virtue signal your endorsement for these self-conscious, lacking in confidence D-bags, love wins is crap they always say, which basically translate to I love that you love that I love the same sex and you have to love it. I don't care. I don't care what you do in your bedroom. But we just want to be left alone to live our lives, to raise our children the way we want, to be able to kneel before the cross that we worship, that you morons put in a jar of pee and called it art. And we're supposed to be fine with that. And then you ask us to subsidize it with our tax money, basically shove our nose in poo. But it is you who are the fascist here. You want us to pay for your education liabilities that you incurred. You want us to force us into paying for your irresponsible choices of waiting until you're 35 and diagnosed with a condition that no insurance plan would touch. You are the ones that want us to subsidize your slutty behavior and pay for sniping the consequences of your irresponsibility, your decision to, you know, hook up without a condom or, or out of wedlock. You want to penalize us by taking our rights away and our ability to defend ourselves because you just don't like somebody carrying around a little scary a mechanism that's called a gun or a, or a rifle. You want us, you want to be saddled with your power mad control obsessed tyrants and you want to force us and our states to give away our elected power for whatever is popular. Getting rid of the electoral college just so you can win and implement your fascistic views. You want to remake our system of government because you don't like it because you are the fascist. This portion of the program is sponsored by Cat Coolers. So rugged, it changes everything. They keep ice cold for up to seven days. Made in the United States, customizable, four different colors, white, black, yellow, even camouflage. Look, if you're going out on the lake doing some fishing, it's beach weather. Maybe you're going camping with the kids. Maybe you're in the Boy Scouts. Maybe you want to take the cooler out on the job site for those people that work with you. This thing will keep your items cool for hours. Spring, summer, right around the corner, picnicking. Outdoor season is upon us, boys and girls. A cat cooler will be your new best friend. Keep your food and drink fresher, colder, longer. Go to catcoolers.com. Use the promo code Adrian. Catcoolers.com. Use the promo code Adrian, and you will pick up an amazing Gibraltar-esque, sturdy, rugged cooler 
that will keep your items cold for hours. Now realize the tech fascism, the techno fascist, aren't just on YouTube. Obviously, we've talked about Google, we've talked about Facebook, we've talked about Twitter. Who we haven't talked about, which I always use as the butt of my jokes, Pinterest. Yes, Pinterest decided to ban live action, a pro-life organization, because the images that they had, they deemed them as pornographic. Pinterest! Seriously? You're going on there to learn how to make baskets and, and pens and do all this crafty garbage that you know women love, and you're going to ban live action from Pinterest? How did Pinterest become political? Well, Project Veritas broke it down and found that the autocorrect search functions favor Muslims and favor the Jewish community, but you know who they don't favor? Christians. Because that's what this is all about. Targeting conservative Christians, making Christianity into a bigoted movement, not just a religion that you actually have freedom from the government's intrusion into it. We now have to eliminate Christians because they're bigoted and the left thinks they have some sort of moral high ground. In fact, here's an interesting story by Christian Mingle. Yeah, ChristianMingle.com. You remember Christian Mingle? They're the ones that uh, they have, it's like a little dating site for Christians. Yeah, um, well, uh, Washington Times has that a, a, a lawsuit was filed against him and that now they must include homosexuals. ChristianMingle.com, an online dating service for Christian singles, must start allowing people to seek out same-sex relationships under a judge-approved statement. They're the only... <laughs> Christian Mingle only required new users to specify whether they're a man seeking a woman or a woman seeking a man. But two gay men filed a class action claim against the site's owner. See, that's how they do this. That's what they did to the masterpiece uh, cake baker, you know, uh, Jack Phillips. That's what, they're, that's what they're doing politically. They are trying to use their power and use some sort of high ground that they think that they have to eliminate your right to act as a business as a Christian. You know, all this support for YouTube, all this support for Twitter, all this support for Facebook. Oh, well, you know, they're a private business. They can ban all you conservatives. That's no big deal. Christian singles, Christian mingle. Yeah, you better go ahead and bake the cake. You better go ahead and allow the same sex couple to hook up on your site, even though you aren't down for that. Yeah, Chick-fil-A. You better go ahead and capitulate to the demands that we offer because we're not going to let you set up shop in a government-run airport because we don't like your Christian views. You think I'm lying about all this? First, let's listen to a CBS report on the Pride Festival or the Pride Month, Pride Parade, whatever it is. I call it the Holy Month of Homadon because it's getting the holiest treatment similar to that of Ramadan. But, you know, of course, by the way, if, you know, caliphate, caliphatesonly.com, you know, or, or, or infidels.com, if they wanted to have a dating site, I don't think you'd see people coming in and going, hey, you better go ahead and let some gay people hook up on your site. 
because they revere Islam because Islam is the, the, the religious battering ram against Christianity. So listen to these people and listen to all of the grievances they have. Listen to all of the other protests going on in the middle of their holy month of Hamadan, Ramadan pride, gay pride parade. In the heart of Hollywood, thousands of protesters hit the streets to shine a light on what they believe is an attack on civil rights. While it's really important for us to stand up every year and celebrate us being gay, it's not about just us right now. There is a, a larger community of minorities that feel like they're under threat. For years, this was Los Angeles's pride parade filled with fun costumes and floats moving down the streets. But this year, it has taken a very serious turn. The crowd is diverse with more than 100 different organizations participating, many of them not associated with the LGBT groups. Not only are we the resistance. Mayor Eric Garcetti believes Los Angeles should be at the forefront of this new civil rights movement. Certain people want to pull us apart in Washington, D.C. We're showing we're pulling together. Organizers want today's unifying protest to further the resistance movement. Resist! Resist! Pushing leaders in Washington to take action. Mireya Villarreal, CBS News, Los Angeles. You'll notice that there's Black Lives Matter protest involved with the LGBTQ Pride Parade, Holy Month of Homadon. You'll also see that there's also the resist movement. You know, why is it that every time there's a march, like the Women's March or March for Science or a Gay Pride March, there's always Free Palestine, Black Lives Matter, anti-communist or anti-capitalist. It's always these individuals. It's because they are, and, I'm, and I hope you hear me clear on this, I'm not pointing this out because I'm homophobic or I'm just saying that there is a militant group of individuals that are anti-capitalist. They are activists. Many of them are homosexuals or transgendered. Some aren't. They're all against Christianity. Most of them atheist. And they're the ones who are like the Vox journalist, going to shut you down, going to target you, going to dox you like they did the guy who put the video up about Nancy Pelosi. They went out of their way to put all this personal information online. But it's not just in the tech community. First off, politicians like Bernie Sanders and Cory Booker, they don't want someone with a Christian worldview being voted into office, being appointed in the bureaucracy, being nominated as a judge or a Supreme Court appointed, you know, justice. They don't want any of that. That's almost a non sequitur for them. It's almost something that they will not allow. You're not going to be allowed to get any position in government because you're a Christian and it might affect your worldview. And that might make you a homophobe, a bigot. You see how this is working? They're really pushing this. Listen to Kirsten Gillibrand talk about it. You've said you're worried about judicial independence, but Imposing a litmus test on your nominees yeah. has long been seen as right. uh, an encroachment on judicial independence. Right. Um, I mean, are, are you doing... I think there's you, some issues that are have such moral clarity that we have as a society decided that the other side is not acceptable. Imagine saying um, that it's okay to appoint a judge who's racist or anti-Semitic or homophobic. Um, Telling, uh, asking someone to appoint someone who takes away basic human rights of any group of people in America, I think that we are, we've, we've, I don't think those are political issues anymore. And we believe in this country in the separation of church and state. And I respect the rights of, of every American 
to hold their religious beliefs true to themselves. But our country and our Constitution has always demanded that we have a separation of church and state. And all these efforts by President Trump and other ultra-radical conservative judges and justices to impose their faith on Americans is contrary to our Constitution. And that, that's what this is. And so I believe that for all of these issues, um, they are not issues that there is a fair other side. There is no moral equivalency when you come to racism. And I do not believe there's a moral equivalency when it comes to changing laws that deny women reproductive freedom. So basically, you're a racist and there's no moral clarity that you can have. And also, being against women's reproductive health care is immoral, even though you're killing babies. That's what you're doing. You're killing human life. And you want to you want to sit there and think you are the moral, enlightened individual in this situation. Here's the funny thing. Maine just passed a measure that stated you don't have to be a doctor to perform an abortion. How is that health care? How is that women's reproductive rights? You don't even have to be a doctor. Yeah, you got to get a license to be an esthetician. You need a license to be a massage therapist. You need a license to thread someone's eyebrows. Yeah, you don't need a license to perform an abortion. You don't even need to be a doctor. You could be an armchair hobbyist. Yeah, you know, I've never really performed a medical procedure, but I did stay at the Holiday Inn right across the street from the hospital. That's how ridiculous this is. They're talking out of two sides of their mouths. They're hypocrites. They want to pretend to be moral, but then they also want to provide all of this laudatory, uh, you know, all of this laudatory praise for gay rights and Pride Month, the Holy the holy month of Hamadan, and they also want to act as though killing babies in the womb is, you know, it's not a biggie. No biggie. That has nothing to do with morality. So not only is it techno-fascists that are attacking the Christian conservative, not only is it Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who made herself look like an ass trying to talk about domestic terrorism so that she could frame Christian conservatism as alt-right and is also as domestic terrorism so that we can have hate speech and other kinds of measures placed against them. Not only is it politicians who want to say, well, we're not going to allow you to get a position in government because you might be a Christian. And yeah, you might stand for pro-life issues. You know, we're going to ban you from Pinterest. We're going to ban you from society. So you can't even have a role in government or in the judicial system if you have a pro-life view. We're also going to have all of these companies attack states that decide to look out for what their citizens want and pass pro-life heartbeat measures. John Legend's out there saying, well, you know, money talks, so we need to be boycotting these states. Netflix pulling their stuff from, uh, from Georgia. Alyssa Milano out there talking about pulling her show from Georgia. Check this out. CEOs from 180 companies, including Twitter, H&M, Penletter, Opposing state abortion laws. Yep, this is from the Daily Wire. 180 uh, companies signed on to a full-page ad in the New York Times released on Monday claiming recent restrictive abortion laws passed in states like Georgia, Alabama, and Missouri are bad for business. Yeah, CEOs, uh, CEO from Twitter, Jack Dorsey, though after his name, he lists other companies and payment processors such as Square, along with Slack, Yelp, Tinder, as well as a handful of fashion designers. 
and even Ben and Jerry's ice cream. They all said it's time for companies to stand up for reproductive health care that, you know, a doctor doesn't even need to perform. And restricting abortion is bad for business. So I'm telling you, what is happening is what I call corporate socialism, where I'm no longer. It's almost like with conservatism, that that term has been destroyed. It's been bastardized. It's been maligned. It's the, the meaning of it has been sucked out when you have people like Mitt Romney and and even Lindsey Graham and all of these people saying, well, you know, I'm a conservative. I'm running on being a Reagan conservative and they're nothing near that. Same thing is the case with, with, um, you know, with capitalism. I'm not a capitalist anymore. I am a free marketist because capitalism is a dead term. You've got these people who have enjoyed capitalism, made success on capitalism, become huge industries on capitalism, and more power to you for doing so. But then they turn around and lobby government to basically pass socialist measures and restrictive regulations so that they can solidify their own power, destroy their competition with government regulations, and then on top of it, they can, uh, they can absorb any financial uh, failures with government bailouts. That's what it's all about. I am a free marketist. Capitalism is a dead term. We have to realize this attack has been coming on us for a while, but it's time to stand up because they're coming after you, conservative Christians. They're going to brand you alt-right. They're going to remove you from society and make you a freaking pariah. Don't doubt it. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in to the show. Listen to us on Mojo 5 Radio. You can find that on iHeartRadio or go to Mojo5o.com. Every Wednesday, 10 p.m., You can also listen to us on the weekends, Saturday, 5 p.m., Sunday morning, midnight. Also, get the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Overcast, wherever podcasts are hosted. And be sure to give us a review. Give us a good five-star review that's going to help us go up in the ratings so we're more visible to others. You can also donate to the show. Go to patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show. Give $2 a month or go to anchor.fm and search Adrian Slade. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Gab, MeWe, Parlor, Convo, Snippy. Search Adrian Slade. Follow us on Twitter at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade Show, which is the official show page on Twitter. And you can also read the blog, adriansladeshow.com. You can also get the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store on the Roku streaming channel store. Be sure to download the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.